Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We greatly appreciate it. We're going to talk to former Cougar basketball player Jonathan Tavernari coming up here momentarily. Looking forward to talking to him. Gordon, he's uh, come on the station a lot over the years, and he's always a great interview. Yes. uh, Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I haven't talked. We've had Jonathan on, like you said before, but uh, I haven't talked with him for a long time. Have you? Uh, not for a while, no. I, of course, played well at, at BYU. Uh, had a long professional career as well, which might even still be going. I'm not sure. But uh, anyway, excited to talk for, uh, with him. He's never short on opinions, Gordon, which is always a good thing. Yeah, and that's sort of a rarity on this show, you know, because uh, we don't have enough opinions here already. Never, never, never opinionated. Mm-hmm. We never disagree either. Always just lockstep. In non uh, non controversial statements, that's what we. All do. right, Austin, play it. I'm waiting to hear it. I'm looking forward to hearing it. I gotta hear it. Austin's uh, busy getting our guest there, Gordon. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm I'm certainly not going to. He's requesting uh, one of my drops, but I'm not going to be You're specific as to which one. Uh, which one. Uh, Gordon, let's waste no more time. I agree with you, Gordon, but then we'd both be right. Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Sprint, they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Former Cougar basketball player Jonathan Tavernari with us here on the big show. What's going on, Jonathan? How are you and yours? Everybody doing okay? I'm good, man. I appreciate you guys having me. Believe it or not, ever since I left BYU, this is the first time you guys have me over on the big show. So big milestone for me today. All right. Well, welcome. Welcome to the show. We're glad uh, glad to have you on. Sorry it took so long. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. I'm I'm happy to be here, guys. So, Jonathan, what do you know now that you didn't know when you were playing basketball at BYU? Oh, that is a good question. Um, my goodness, I don't think nobody ever asked me that, Gordon. So, what do I know now that I didn't know at BYU? Um, A bit of wisdom, yeah. You know, uh, I had a, I had a, I had a long career overseas. You know what? You know, playing over there for the last ten years. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. It's very different of the mentality. Um, you know, I think that the one thing I wish I had known is how. Uh, you know, the first the first rule to be a pro, we got to act like it. You know, and uh, when, you, when I got over there, uh, thankfully I was a part of a big program and, you know, I was able to adapt quick. But, you know, it's it's interesting because in college basketball, you know, and I know we're going to talk about that here in a minute, but um, there's not much talk about loyalty, right? Um, and in professional sports, there is no loyalty whatsoever. And and that was a big shock to me. You know, I, I, I had a really good career at BYU. Um, you know, but there were trying times. There were times that I was frustrated with, with the coaching staff. I was frustrated with myself, um, you know, and, uh, you know, thankfully my mom and dad were always there to steer me in the right direction. My wife was there to steer me in the right direction. Um, Coach Rose would have long conversations with me, which allowed me to kind of, you know, come back to the fold and let my frustrations out. But, 
you know, in, in, in professional basketball, uh, especially in Europe, there's no, not a whole lot of that. If you're unhappy and you're not performing, uh, they're going to find somebody younger and that can do it better and for cheaper. And so, you know, I had to adapt. And, you know, uh, you guys probably remember I was never the quickest. I was never the fastest, <laughs> never the tallest. And, you know, all of my game revolved around my, my shooting. And so I had to adapt. And, you know, being able to kind of make the best of the situations that I was given. And I wish I had known that sooner, you know, because I think that, um, you know, it would have helped me not, you know, so much as at BYU as much as would have helped me, um, you know, more of my career in Europe. You know, Jonathan, I had a, a memory of when you were at, at BYU. I actually was down there one of the years you met, uh, made the NCAA tournament. I covered you guys watching the selection show and uh, was in the auditorium when you guys found out where you were going and uh, and who you were going to be playing with. And I remember interviewing you after that was over. And, of course, you were excited and up for the challenge in the NCAA tournament. Just, just amazing, right? So with kind of that in mind, how much do you feel for these guys this year on, on not only this BYU squad, but across college basketball who didn't have that opportunity to go play in that tournament? You know, it's, uh, it, that's such a good question. I think that it, 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 it's, re- it's super sad, right? I, I think it's, you know, people say, oh, it just sucks. And this is all, I just, for me, it's just sad. It's completely 100% sad because it, it the whole thing is, these guys, especially BYU, looking at BYU um, specifically, they worked so hard. I mean, you know, it, they had a big change of scenery with Mark Pope going, coming in for, for Dave Rose. And uh, for them to change and, and to do the things that they did um, and, and get to the point where they got, I mean, my goodness gracious, they were, you know, if not the one of the hottest teams in the country. And they had all the momentum, as you guys know, and you guys cover basketball for longer than I've been alive. Um, it, momentum in basketball is everything. Probably is one of these sports that if you have momentum, you know, it counts way more than football or, or you know, baseball counts so much as well. But with rhythm and shooting and the way that these guys were playing, it just makes me sad. You know, uh, so many cool stories. Yoli senior year, TJ Hawes and the scrutiny that he had around him. Jake Tolson coming back. Uh, a cast of new guys. Dalton Nixon evolving. I mean, there were so many cool stories. And so, to me, I just feel sad that these guys didn't have a chance to kind of experience something that, fortunate enough, I was able to do it four times. Jonathan, uh, you know, Mark Pope seems to be able to hit the right notes with his players. And by that, I mean he seems to challenge them and yet instill confidence in them simultaneously. Uh, do you know him at all? Have you noticed this? Have you talked with some of the players about his ability to do that? So I was able to meet him quite a bit um, when he first came in as an assistant coach uh, under Dave Rose. Um, you know, in the summer times, I'm always around the team. I'm always around the guys. Working out, playing, pickup, shooting, getting workouts in, and so forth. And so, I got to meet him, got to talk to him. Um, you know, we spoke a few times when he got when he got the job at at Utah Valley. You know, um, about recruiting, about connections in Europe, and things of that nature. Um, and you know, as, as as the time went on, about you know, with him at BYU. Um, you know, I'm around. I'm around the program. I'm around the guys. 
um, had a chance to talk to him. And, you know, I know Cody really well, got to know Bobby, got to know Nick. Um, I knew Chris, believe it or not, from playing pickup with him sometimes, you know, until he was still playing. But uh, he's a player's coach. You know, uh, I think that as a, as a player, you know, as, as, a, as a guy that played professionally for, a, for about a decade, the best compliment I can give somebody, I can give a coach is, I wish I could have played for you or I would love to play for you. And that's the case with Mark. You know, I think that um, he is a player's coach in every way, shape, or form, which 100% uh, in my opinion is the reason why, um, you know, Matt Harms chose BYU. And so I think him choosing BYU was a huge thing. Um, and, and to be honest, and I know that there were all these different fan polls and all these different things that all oh, Matt loves attention. But let's be realistic, right? I mean, you guys know basketball. You've been around a lot of Europeans. Um, Europeans can always go back back home and play for their league and, and because they have a guaranteed spot because they are locals. Um, but to me, you know, him kind of challenging, you know, and choosing to come to BYU after, you know, everything, um, I look at it as not even so much as, okay, I'm going to get playing time and this and that as much as, I'm going to go somewhere where they might help me develop because let's be honest, the, the improvements and, and the development that the guys under Mark Pope and his staff had the first year. I mean, Kobe Lee went from, you know, being a, a good player, right? Just a, a solid, you know, college player to somebody that actually looked like a really good basketball player. And that's credit to Kobe Lee, but that's also credit to, to Mark Pope and his staff. And so, um, to me, Mark Pope, I know him well, and I think that you know the way that he develops players is you know is something to be seen. Jonathan Tavernari is with us on ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone. And uh, Jonathan, you uh, you brought up uh, Matt Harms, and uh, Gordon and I talked a little bit about this yesterday. Uh, but I want to play these comments for you, and there are a couple of minutes, so bear with us. But this is his former coach at Purdue, Matt Painter, not only talking about him but transfers in general. And I'm curious to your reaction to this, Austin. Let's go ahead and play it. No, not at all. You know, I think when you look at the center position where Matt Harms was, like we tried to play Travion Williams and him together, and it didn't work. Um, to his defense, he got hurt. He had two concussions. Um, you know, and so him leaving, and then, you know, I, I don't know how things changed for him. Like that, and that's what I kind of look at it like. I try to take a step back and look at it from their perspective. and like, okay, how did you better yourself? You know, are you going to go play against better competition in the league that you went to? No. Um, you know, when I look at the position and say, okay, it worked for Caleb Swanigan in that position. It worked for A.J. Hammonds in that position. It worked for Carl Landry in that position. It worked <laughs> for Jawan Johnson. I mean, want me to keep going? <laughs> I know. It, it worked amazing. for Isaac Haas. You know, Travion right. Williams is going to be a good player. So, in reality – in the fifth, and that's hard to be able to reel off that many names in 15 years of coaching in one position. And so, but in reality, Travion Williams beat him out. That's it. And Matt was starting at the beginning of the year. He had some injuries. I was really looking forward to him coming back and embracing, you know, hey, I had two concussions. I was hurt. Let's, you know, let, let's, let's fight here. Let's, you know, because that's what you do. You know, you might have got your degree from Purdue, but you're not a boilermaker if you walk out the door at the end and say, hey, like, I want to make the league. Well, you know, guys that want to make the league work like Carson Edwards and Caleb Swanigan. Like, I didn't see that from him. Did he work hard in practice? 
Sure. Did he work hard in games? Sure. Was he a good player for us? Yes. But if you take him and rank him against those guys I just mentioned, where would you rank him? You know, and so Travion Williams beat him out, and then he wants to move on. Then that's his choice. He got his degree from here. What do you, what do you think about a, a coach saying something like that uh, about a former player transferring? You know, it's it, uh, I'll tell you what. Um, and that's one of the things why I say that there's no lawyer team sports, right? Because here's the thing. Um, that coach, just like Matt left, you know, if he had an offer to go coach at North Carolina, obviously that's not going to happen. But do you think that he would, you know, he would accept? Now, there's some of the things that, you know, I – and just this is how I would – you know, that's how I am, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the transfer portal now – um, is something uh, and Gordon, you know, you're a little bit. I won't say that you're older, but you're a little bit more experienced than, than all of us here. <laughs> it's not something. It's it, it didn't it used to be that way. It's something new, and it's something that it's it, nowadays it's the norm, right? Um, you know, my freshman year, I was frustrated that I wasn't playing, and you know, I never contemplated transferring, but I did talk to my mom and dad about it. Because I'm like, I'm not happy here. And my mom said, you know what, that's great, but you gave your word that you would get an education and play four years there, and that's what you're going to do. And that's what I did. And so I understand that, you know, there are situations that things don't work out. Uh, look at Jake Toulson at the beginning of his career at BYU and going to, you know, Utah Valley and becoming a phenomenal player. And then he came back to BYU. And so uh, times are different. And so um, – it is, you know, I will say this. BYU, um, the most important thing out of BYU getting Matt Harms, to me personally, is the fact that Mark Pope went toe-to-toe with a blue-blood program like Kentucky and won, right? And I don't think that this is a knock on Matt on how good he is or his quality as a player. I just think that when you're looking at BYU and Mark uh, Pope making a name for himself, the fact that he went toe-to-toe with a blue-blood program and won, that to me stands out more than anything. Does the coach have a point in talking about the quality of the league? I don't think you can compare the league that Purdue plays in with the quality of the league that BYU plays in, right? And so I think, you know, that's, that's kind of true, right? And it's kind of argue against that. Um, but at the same time, you know, Things change, times change. Guys nowadays are comfortable going elsewhere and changing, and it's a possibility, and it's it's the culture now, and you know the generation now thinks different than you know how I used to think, and and so I think that it it is what it is. But I also like I said, like I started the interview saying, there's no loyalty in sports, and uh, you know, and, and and to me that's the that's the thing that you know stands out the most. You know, Jonathan and Jake, my my point of view on this is that every situation is different. Some guys are looking like the coach said. They're kind of like he's not a boilermaker because he didn't stick it out. Yeah, There are cases where guys transfer because they're either soft or they're disloyal or they, uh, or they don't want to work hard. Or, you know, there's different reasons. But there are right. also are players who – don't feel comfortable for whatever reason or don't connect with a coach for whatever reason or don't feel like that they are becoming the player that they thought they would be, that they think that they're capable of becoming. And so right. when, he, when, when a guy gets to the point where 
he's a graduate transfer. Uh, he's He's got his degree, right? Isn't that what the coach said? He's got his degree. So he's looking for an opportunity, a change of scenery. And, and, and he was impressed with Mark Pope, and he thought, this is a guy I can thrive under. I don't have a problem with that because I want guys to find themselves in the best situations they can. And if it's not working out where you are after you've been there for three years, I don't have a problem with a guy going somewhere else if he thinks that's what's best for him and his future. I, and you know what? That's a that's a good point. That's a valid point, right? Um, you know, to be honest with you, when I think graduate fr- transfer, and you guys are probably related to this more because, you know, back about 10 years ago when, you know, we were in the Mountain West and Utah was in the Mountain West, um, you know, I, you guys probably remember Kevin Kruger, um, Lon Kruger's son. You guys remember him yeah. transferred from ASU? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And he was a fantastic player for UNLV. And he kind of got started the whole thing of UNLV being really good back then and kind of got them going again. And so when I think of graduate transfers, to me personally, I think of him and I think of Jake Tulson, right? And so, yes, you know, I, I think that there is somewhat of a situation and it's a double-edged sword, right? And, you know, kind of kind of circles back to what, you know, it's this whole thing with Michael Jordan and the last dance. There are different types of leadership. There are different types of attitude, right? And so, you know, we're all each unique, you know, individuals that we kind of choose our own path. You know, I personally, I'm the type of guy that I would try to stick it out. You know, in my career, um, I got traded twice. One time I got traded because it was my first year and I I had a contract with a really big team and I wasn't getting much playing time. But they needed me to develop, and so they sent, they traded me to a lower, uh, you know, a, a, a team that wasn't as good for me to be able to get playing time. The only other time I ever got traded in my career was when I demanded a trade because I had gone four months without getting a payment, a, a paycheck, and I said, you know, this is ludicrous. I'm the team captain, but I'm sorry, I got a family to feed, and I don't care about anybody else except for the well-being of my family, and so. Every other situation, I kind of, you know, figure out a way to work it out, right? And so maybe I should have demanded a couple of other trades and to be released and sign up somebody else, but that's me. That's how I chose to do things, right? I chose to, I choose to stick it out and figure out a way and just, you know, work the problem, right? And so, and, uh, and but to your point, Gordon, I, you know, I, I really like what you said about, you know, times are different. Um, each one of us are our own individuals, and we have to respect that, right? I think, you know, and as a BYU guy, the one thing that Matt Harms brings to BYU is something that, when was the last time you saw BYU have a legit seven-footer that was a rim protector? You know, uh, Brendan Davies? Uh, sorry, uh, Trent Plasted? Uh, Chris Miles? I mean, you know, when was the last time BYU had a legit guy that was that tall? And so, and now they have, uh, you know, they have a front court that's going to be, you know, six, seven, six, eight or taller. And so BYU benefited from this tremendously. Um, you know, and I think that Matt, you know, has, he has his qualities, um, you know, has his, you know, his, his qualities and, you know, his defects. And, um, but still, I think that it's, Times are different now, and if you're going to hold that, you know, and again, to the coach's point, um, everybody should be held to to that same standard then because if he's not a boiler maker anymore, 
then does that mean that once the coach gets a better offer somewhere, does that mean that people can say, oh, you know what, you were never a boilermaker because you just left for more money? And so it's, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword, and, you know, but again, we're all different, and I guess we all have to respect you know, our, our own decisions. Jonathan, real quick before we let you go, uh, you mentioned you played overseas for years and, uh, you know, in this career I've had a chance to interact with a lot of guys who played over there and they all have wild stories, whether it's cultural differences or differences in the way they do things or bad actors or, or crazy fans or whatever. They all have wild, entertaining stories. Is there a story about playing overseas that you can tell us today? Yep, I'll tell you that too real quick, Jake. Um, the first one is when I was playing in, in Naples, in Italy, my first time playing there, um, my team president called one of our Americans um, and said, listen, you've got two options. Um, you either take this, you know, this buyout, which was way, you know, way less than he was supposed to get, um, and you can leave right now, or you can take the whole money that, you, that we owe you in this little briefcase and just, you know, and kind of go your way. And it was kind of like a trick thing because the, the player was like, well, I want to take the whole money. <laughs> well, during the meeting, the team president had somebody put some drugs in the car, and as soon as my guy drove away, police surrounded police surrounded no. him, arrested him for <laughs> drug possession, and he spent a night in jail. Um, he, you know, about 24 hours later, they gave him a phone call. He called me. Right after he called me, I'm about to leave the house. I get a call from the GM. Says, "Hey, whatever you do, you need. He really needs to go home." And so I go to the jail, and he's like, man, I've been trying to call you this and that. And I'm like, uh, what am I supposed to do? And he's like, well, they're telling me now that instead of getting, like, it was a really big buyout, six figure. He's like, well, instead of getting paid everything I need, they're only going to give me 10 grand for me to leave. And I'm like, and I'm like, and you're waiting what to be able to just get the money and run? Because if these people uh, got you to be able to get kind of set up this way, what are you waiting to just get the money and go to the airplane? And so, wow. and the other one that I, that's wow. the first story. The second, the second one is I had a teammate. We just got to Milan to play in Milan. And I had a teammate that was the biggest party, just the biggest partier you could ever imagine. Like really big. And he gets, we get there the day before the game and no, and right after dinner, nobody sees him and nobody knows where he is the night, the morning at breakfast, the shoot around at lunch, at the afternoon snack before the game, nobody knows where he is. Finally, about an hour and a half before the game when we're pulling up to the arena, um, I get a call from him. He's on a cab coming home uh, because apparently he spent the whole night in the club. He passed out and slept at the club, and he was friends with the owner. And then he shows up to play, and he's drunk out of his mind. He drops 20 points in the game. We win the game. The next day, we have a flight out of there to go back home. And he misses the flight. He misses everything because he's back at the club, passed out in Milan again. And the team flies him home. And because he was our best player, the team only find him like a hundred bucks. And uh, you know, but that was the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Somebody just drunk that you could smell alcohol and timeouts next to him. And he had just put the team on his back. And you know, I couldn't make a shot to save my life. And you know. By far, whenever I think about the crazy stories in Europe, those are the two ones that come to mind. Those are awesome. Those are good ones. Those are awesome. Yep. Well, Jonathan, we certainly appreciate your time. This was a, a lot of fun, and I know you go on with DJ and PK a lot, but we're going we're gonna to steal you from them every now and again. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, uh, it's funny that you said that. I always, tell, I always tell DJ, I'm like, you know, 
DJ should be really happy because he gets to do radio every day with the Tiger King of Utah Sports Radio. So <laughs> I think that PK is the Tiger King of Sports Radio. So yeah, I totally agree. In fact, I'm going to start calling him that from now on. Thank you, Jonathan. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. That was a lot of fun. Jonathan Tabernari, former Cougar, with us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. How about that, Gordon? You you take the buyout and go on your way, or we'll pay you everything in this suitcase. What are you going to take? And they put drugs in the yeah. suitcase. That is I've amazing. Heard, I've heard similar stories that are really where you question the safety of the player involved. You know, And you heard him talk about the time that he wasn't getting, he didn't get paid for, what did he say, four months? Four months, yeah, wow. Oh, jeez. That's incredible. You know? It is. I mean, because what would you do? You'd be like, wow, what's the catch here? You're going to pay me everything or you're going to pay me a portion? Hmm. What What are you up to? That's Next incredible. Next thing you know, you got the police uh, rifling through your stuff. That's incredible. All right. Yep. Let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now, he's been hanging out with us throughout the show. He's our good friend Tim from RGS Exteriors and Construction. Tim's still out there helping our listeners because, you know, unfortunately those uh, projects on the exterior of the home don't uh, really take a break during a pandemic. That's right. We just keep plugging away. Yeah, which is awesome. And uh, kind of give a throw out a list of what you guys do. I know we've been talking about it a lot today, uh, but there's a lot of different things that you guys can uh, help our listeners with. Well, you bet. So, you know, soften faces on your eaves, the, the ring gutters, uh, gutter covers to keep leaves out, the heat cable and, and uh, heat cave, cave, or heating systems to prevent the ice dams and, and icing your gutters, um, down to the, the James Hardy siding, the vinyl siding, stucco, brick, stone. I mean, really just anything on the outside, we can do it. And uh, you can go to your website, rgsutahsiding.com, or call 801-280-3110. But uh, there are any number of ways that uh, you can help folks out while still feeling uh, comfortable. Yeah, you bet. Uh, I, I mean, in an ideal situation, we come out to your home and spend a little bit of time with you and assess what you need and then uh, uh, meet with you and get you some pricing. But if you're not comfortable with that or that's not ideal, we can do it via Zoom, however, whatever works. Uh, we can we can help the customer out. You know, also too, if you're just trying to decide what you want or how your project looks, we can design it and, and give you a digital copy so that you can see um, how how the project, the, you know, the new siding, the new gutters, the new stone, the different colors will look on your home. Our sales guys are great at at designing that and developing that for you as well, so you can look at it and, and see how it's going to work. 801-280-3110, 801-280-3110, or simply go to rgsutahsiding.com. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, guys. That's our good friend Tim from RGS Exteriors and Construction. Again, go to rgsutahsiding.com or simply call 801-280-3110. Thanks to the uh, genius of one Austin Horton. I'm very excited for the drop of the day coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? For sounds of various clips here on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 of the zone, also known as Drop of the Day. Although I do like your your title much better, Gordon, I gotta admit. <laughs> Drops of various clips, sounds of various clips. I gotta get it right at least. 
Uh, okay, so I've got to give a big shout out to Austin on this because this is a, a, a story or a piece of audio that, that we encountered years ago, Gordon. Okay. And uh, I inquired to Austin, and he had to move heaven and earth to find it. It's been scrubbed from the <laughs> internet. Al Gore had it taken out somewhere. In fact, I was even doubting myself that I remembered it. I was like, am I crazy? I swear I remember this. And Austin uh, somehow has found it. Now, Austin, help me with some of the details surrounding the this. Sure. This, this gal got str- like left at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, right? That's right. It was the Coca-Cola 600. Yeah. She uh, had some fun and woke up and everyone was gone and there she was still hanging out. All right. So and this is uh, this is a television story about her in Charlotte, North Carolina. Here you go. You could spot hundreds of people at Charlotte Motor Speedway. No, they weren't late for the race. They were just on time to clean up. With more than 100,000 people at the Speedway for days, you can only imagine the mess left behind. WBTV Steve Onasorge was there. And one thing in particular might have you shaking your head in disbelief. It's like this every year after the big race at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. It's a big mess around here. Oh, you expect people to leave cans and normal garbage, but carpets, tarps, living room furniture, a perfectly good ice chest here, but empty. And what's this? There's a swimming pool <laughs> in between two porta johns. Let's not speculate about that. You name it, we found it. It's out there. But just when you thought you'd seen everything that people could drive off without, well, here's Joe. Nash. And they left me too. That's right. When she woke up, her friends were gone. Hey, Mom, I'm okay. I'm still here in turn two. And hoping those friends remember. Y'all can get me. She did find a tent someone left behind, so at least she's got a place to stay tonight if need be, she said. Mm, only Steve-O. And, and good news is we just got word that the woman that, that was just there, left stranded at the speedway, did find a way back home. <laughs> Good for her. I'm still here at turn two. Hi, Ma. Imagine <laughs> that. People there to clean up the, the garbage after 100,000 people at a NASCAR race. Oh, and it's gross, man. And they just the video of this. They just find some woman. She just curled up <laughs> under garbage. <laughs> When's the race start? <laughs> oh, man. Gordon, is that is that bad friending on her friend's part, or or at, at some point are you responsible for your own actions? Uh, a little bit of both. A little bit of both. A little bit of column A. Hey, a Mom, of... I'm okay. I'm still here in turn two. <laughs> turn two. <laughs> she found a tent. Don't worry, I found a tent. I got oh, a, if I've got to stay tonight, I'm all right. Uh, I've got a tent here. You guys ever leave anyone anywhere? Ooh. Gordon. Gordon has for sure, I'd almost bet, because it's you know, Gordon has a story for everything. But I don't I don't know if I have left anyone anywhere significant. <sighs> what comes to mind, I didn't leave one of my children behind, but she did get lost at oh, Disney at, at Disneyland. That's not even what I was thinking of. Well, were you going to go to the bowl? Uh huh. Yeah, uh, you left someone you're... in a foreign country. Oh, that is true. Yep, you left bowl. Well, this is the, Mexico. this is at least uh, the, the, here in the U.S. of A. in Charlotte Speedway, and not even a word either. Not just like, hey, we're going to go try and get on the just flat disappearing. Okay, so <laughs> do I need to explain one more time 
how the airport was crowded. I was in a line. Bowler and and, uh, his lovely wife, Sharon, pointed down that they were headed down to the gate. And so I was stuck there. And so they had left, and I got up to the front, and the, the, the person behind the counter said, your f- connecting flight is going to be late and you're going to, you're going to, I mean, you're going to miss your flight, your connecting flight. And so let me put you on a different flight that will get you there on time. Go to hell. <laughs> and, and, and what am I supposed to do with you're that? You're leaving point? out details. No, no wait, Bowler had already left the scene. He was down. Why? Why that, had he, he left the scene though? Because he was ahead of me. Because uh, Sharon was ill. Oh, well, there was that, too. Oh, yeah. there was that, too. There was that, minor too. Minor detail. But hold on a second. What was I supposed to do? Give Sharon your seat. Well, they weren't there. They were. You saw them. No, they had, already, they had already left. And then the gate agent said, you better go. And you didn't bother to hook up with Buller and say, hey, we got to get going. You're just... Peace. Well, no, no. Adios, I, I amigo. No, I couldn't call him. I couldn't get a hold of him, and he had already left. And so the information I had at that time, there was nothing I could do to relay that to him. How Bowler remembers it. I, I couldn't buy their t- the ticket for them because it was me there. And I so I said, okay, put us on that one. And then... <laughs> <laughs> so it was I, was. I was helpless to to do anything. That's not how Bowler remembers. Bowler. Well, and, Bowler, and, and really comment. I'm anything. still here in turn two. Oh, in, hold on. In here. terminal two. In turn dose. If 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 Bowler hadn't left me, we, I would have been able to convey that. Oh, to him. so now so Bowler he, left you. So he kind of deserted me. <laughs> so there was nothing I could do to convey the information to him. But there's also precedent here in you standing Bowler up and leaving Bowler places and not showing up when you've agreed to meet with Bowler, right? <laughs> there was there was just <laughs> one unfortunate incident when I forgot. Do you know that story, Jake? I do, yeah. Bowler's just hanging out at the restaurant. No, he, he'll be uh, here, I promise. He's coming. Felt- the waiter keeps checking on him. Do you want, do you want like a magazine? To I, have- I don't think he's coming. I, I felt bad about should, that should, one. Do you want to put your order in or still wait? <laughs> Can you imagine Craig Bowler, Jack, sitting at the table by himself? <laughs> Oh, my gosh. It takes that a real the- kind of guy to stand up Craig Bowler, Jack. <laughs> And leave him in Mexico. And leave him in Mexico with us. Well, his wife is ill. Is sick. No, I I think I already explained that one. Bon voyage, Bowler Jacks! There was was nothing I could do. I'm still here in Terminal 2. There was nothing I could do. Now, the, 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 the lunch... Was my bad all the way. And, I'm uh, still I here in turn two. <laughs> Polar was at table two. <laughs> still here, Gordon, at table two. Oh, well, that man. was bad. I'm surprised you didn't punch me for oh, that one. That's rough. All right, we'll have more coming up next. Don't forget Doc Talk at the top of the 6 o'clock hour. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 12 of the zone. We've got Doc Talk coming up at the top of the 6 o'clock hour. Hans will be here. 
Not sure who the doctor will be tonight from University of Utah Health. Uh, Dr. Gee will be on the show at the top of the 6 o'clock hour. Movie Zone tonight at 7. Austin and Johnny Lightfoot. Uh, Austin, uh, what uh, you want to give us a little teaser? What's coming up on the show? Yeah, yesterday was uh, Top Gun Day. Why? You'd never guess. We'll tell you why. And we'll because do it was the, that was when it was supposed to be released. Uh, no, it wasn't. But good guess. It has to do with the uh, release date, but it's not that. Uh, and uh, so we have a lot of Top Gun discussion. Of course, the Megaplex news about uh, how you can actually go see some movies at Megaplex under a special circumstance. And uh, The Hunger Games is making all kinds of news. So that and more. Why is The Hunger Games in the news? Yeah, tune in at 7. Oh, come on. Oh, come I'm on. I'm a Hunger Games fan. Give us a little... You Which one? To... Did, did you like all four of the movies? No. And the book was better, right? Much. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Which of the movies did you like? Uh, I thought the first one was great. The second one was really good, too, though. They See, the they shouldn't have divided the... Here we third, go. They should Here's have divided the, book movie the third book into two movies. It's there not the was, book zone. There wasn't enough material. Anyway, why is it controversial? You know what's good you're... about movies? There's no reading. Okay. But why is it in the news? <laughs> I'll tell you it's seven. Yeah, what's won't even, you won't even. Radio's not linear, Austin. Now I'm just curious. Well, I'll say this. There's prequels coming. Oh. Suzanne Collins is writing some prequels. Okay. Uh, about President Snow. As a young man, but there's something to do with the movies that is going to make some history that we'll tell you about. Tune in at 7 o'clock if you want to hear more. Don't shake your head in disapproval at me. I was just curious. I'm glad. Hey, Jake, did you hear about that? Did you hear about that golfer that uh, played 18 holes of golf and he only used a putter? I did not, Gordon. I thought that was kind of interesting. I mean... He shot in '84. And he, he, he won the the D flight, right? Yeah, yeah, he did. And he was what was he uh, Austin? I think he was. <laughs> he, was he a pro or he no. was like a quasi pro? Yeah, or he, I, I don't know. Anyway, he, he bought uh, the putter at Goodwill for three dollars. Wow! Know, and laid waste to the rest of the D flight. Isn't that uh, that's kind of like Tin Cup, right? Where he uh, breaks every bag in, or every club in the bag yes. except for his seven iron. Always hit the seven iron well. That would be really difficult to drive with a putter. I've done it before. My friends and I used to play a game we called three club, where uh-huh. you had to have a putter, a driver, and an iron of your choice, but you had to play them in succession. And so how so, far could you hit a putter off the tee? Not far. And actually, did I? we did m- much damage to, to most of the putters we used well, to score at 84 with just a putter in your hand, I, I, I got to tip the cap to hit that guy. That's that's playing some golf there. All right, let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now, he's been hanging out with us all show, and it's been great. He's our friend Tim from RGS Exteriors and Construction. And, Tim, I'm glad you're still out there helping folks with this stuff. You guys are the best in the biz. In fact, just as a little proof, you're the preferred contractor of James Hardy, right? That's right. Yeah, we're, we're very fortunate and blessed to be uh, the elite preferred contractor for James Hardy, which the only one in Utah, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, and you have to meet certain standards, and they're kind of the, the best in the biz. Like uh, like Gordon takes nothing less than James Hardy, right? 
Oh, that's right. It's the it is the Cadillac of sightings, or the BMW, or what is Gordon Drive? Whatever his he has a nice car, as he always says. It's, it's a uh, not the Porsche well, these days. Oh, oh, hold on here a second, fellas. This is this is this is ironic, considering I'm having one of your guys come out tomorrow to take a look at uh, something at my house, uh, Tim. So that's uh, that that'll be. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Hey, no, Bob. Bob Comey's meeting you in the morning. He's a good dude. He'll he'll take good carry on that brick. But but no, you know, joking aside, it's it's uh, it. Hardy is kind of the best. It's kind of the best products there is on the market. It's kind of the latest and greatest. There's a lot of stuff. Um, vinyl siding is still very popular, and we still do a lot of it. Believe it or not. Um, but but Hardy is kind of the newer thing, um, and more of a modern look. Heck. Believe it or not, wood is really popular right now. We're doing a ton of wood fighting as well. So really anything on the outside, that's what we're here to take care of our customers for. Yeah, I was going to say it's a variety of stuff. Gutters, too, of course, which I'm sure many people are dealing with this time of year. Uh, absolutely. We handle the gutters. Um, we've done, geez, hundreds of thousands of miles. I personally, that's what I did more of. That's kind of my specialty. And I, back in the day, I probably installed hundreds of thousands of miles on them. So we do a lot of gutters and then the gutter covers. Uh, so that the homeowners don't have to get up and clean their gutters anymore. And the, the heat tape and heat cables will do prevent the ice dams. And if they had any damage from the winter, we can take care of that as well. So anything on the outside, we're here to take cater and take care of our customers. All right, here's the number to call, 801-280-3110. That's 801-280-3110. You can also check them out online, rgsutahsiding.com, rgsutahsiding.com. Tim, thanks as always for dropping by the show. Well, thank you, guys. You guys are the best, and have a wonderful day. Thank you, Tim. Thanks. You too. That number again, 801-280-3110, and uh, that website, rgsutahsiding.com. We'll have uh, more Big Show coming up straight ahead. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I knew that was about the end of it. So long, baby.